Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. What does it mean to be right with God? The Bible uses a word that we translate as righteousness. It is a standing of being right with God, not guilty, not under the penalty of sin for the sins and offenses which characterize our lives. Religion often looks at righteousness in terms of strict codes of conduct. Codes of conduct are good, necessary. Our behavior evidences our inner state of righteousness. Christianity, however, offers a righteousness which is beyond all of our effort, beyond all of our attainment. Christianity as a religion doesn't offer it, but God offers it to us, and that is declared to us, proclaimed to us through the good news, which is the message of Christianity. The good news is that God takes guilty sinners and makes them clean through the work of Christ, through the blood of Christ. My guilt, my sin, is no longer put to my account when I turn to Christ in faith. If I receive Christ as my Savior, because Christ, the Son of God, died for sinners on the cross, atoned for their guilt, paid for their sins in full, suffered, died, rose again on their behalf, those who trust in him are counted free of the guilt because Christ has paid for it. It's like our debt has been paid. Whatever we owed has been settled in full. Jesus became a man to become our relative in this regard and to become our substitute, the one who bears our guilt and its judgment on our behalf. This is in theological substitutionary atonement. Jesus atoned for the guilt and sin of sinners on their behalf through his own perfection and through his suffering. So God now tells us if we turn to him in faith, receive what he has done on our behalf, we are accounted guiltless because it has already been settled. The account is closed in that regard. On the other hand, we desire for ourselves to manifest a righteousness, righteous conduct. Now, as we go through Galatians, the epistle that the Apostle Paul wrote to Christians in the first century, he speaks about the new life that is produced in us through the Holy Spirit that God has given us. We are given invested with, clothed with the righteousness which Christ places on us by virtue of who he is and what he has done. But we are also eagerly anticipating a righteous transformation of our own beings. So when we come to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 5, the Apostle Paul tells us, for through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. 
he's addressing a problem where people were seeking to improve upon their righteousness. They had the idea that if you take the gospel as was just narrated here, of turning to God by placing one's trust in Christ who died on our behalf, if you took that gospel message and added additional requirements to it, such as rules, regulations, strict religious disciplines, that you would somehow improve the gospel. So the, the error that was happening in the first century and still happens today is the addition of works to faith. Works consisting of religious rules and regulations added to the requirement of faith. And very often people think that the more we have of requirements, it is better. Just like we say, the more the merrier. In religion, we think the stricter, the better. The more strictures, the more requirements, regulations, narrow paths to tread, the better the religion. This is not at all so. It's not at all so in, the, in regard to the gospel. You cannot improve upon the gospel. We cannot add anything to the work of Christ. When we attempt to add to the work of Christ, we nullify the work of Christ on our behalf. This is the strange truth concerning the gospel. Christ has done everything necessary. His work is incomparable, so surpassing that any of our attempts could amount to. And his work was necessary. The works of our own hands were not sufficient. So any attempt to add our own efforts to improve our standing before God beyond what Christ provides us is a nullification of what he does. We wait for righteousness. So even though I have been justified in Christ, given righteousness through faith, I wait for a day when my behavior will be perfected completely. And that happens in the present day through the operation, the work of the Holy Spirit in my soul, in my life, when I yield to him, when I put to death the sin that is in my body, through the freedom brought by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I yield myself, my will, my desire to do what is pleasing to God, I experience this transformation now, but a day will come when I will have no struggle. When Christ will come again from heaven, and all who believe in him, who are dead, will be raised up, who are still alive, will be instantly glorified. And in that state, we are free from sin, from its presence in our being altogether. We are perfected like the holy angels would be. We will always and only want to do what is right in the will of God. So, through the Spirit God has given us, we are earnestly longing for the day when the Lord Jesus shall come again. It is the prayer then of every soul that truly belongs to Christ, that our Father in heaven, may your name be regarded as holy, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your will be done in my life, and when Christ shall come, in fact, to establish the kingdom of God on earth, when he comes for his saints, I shall be changed. And I am awaiting then the fullness of the perfection that Christ has already secured for me through his work on the cross. So by faith, I eagerly, we ourselves eagerly, wait for the hope of righteousness. 
this right standing before God then is already a presently existing status. I'm counted not guilty. I'm counted not guilty because my debts have been settled, my penalties have been paid. Christ paid for my sin, everything that I committed before, everything that I am falling short of now, and everything that I could possibly commit in the future because he took my place. He fully settled all my sin before God. However, I am also waiting then for my own being changed into a state of perfection through the same resurrection power God exercised when he raised Jesus from the dead. So the new outlook that one receives as a Christian is really of one, the joy of not being counted guilty anymore. How blessed is the man whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom God does not account, impute iniquity, in whose spirit there is no deceit. Psalm 32 verses 1 and 2. This is the status of the believer. But we then also wait for a day when we are experientially changed, transformed, not to do, think, speak, anything evil anymore. What really then matters then is not all of our efforts to curb sin instead of destroying it. That's what religion does. Apart from the power of Christ and the gift of the Holy Spirit, all of the efforts of religion then is to curb sin and suppress it in so many ways. It doesn't transform the soul it doesn't set the spirit free. All it does is to restrain it, constrain it, keep it under bounds. It does not change the heart. Adding then regulations to the work of Christ, therefore, defiles it. A Christian should live out a righteous conduct, but we shouldn't compromise the gospel by adding external regulations, pretending that, okay, if I have only a certain length of hair, I am more righteous than if then I could be in Christ. If I wear certain types of clothes, I would be purer, better than I could be in Christ. If I observe certain rules, I could be better than I could be in Christ. In Christ, I would want to be perfect in all of my conduct and pure and live and dress and conduct myself in a way that is approved by God. But the external rules and regulations could, should not be confused with conferring a standing of righteousness in any way that would improve upon what Christ already gives us. Now, this has been a repeated theme as an assertion, observation we've been making as we go through the book of Galatians, because this is the central concern, the, the attainment, the effort to attain righteousness by the works of the law. What he says, the Spirit of God says through Paul here in verse 6, is then, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. They were trying to add the requirement of circumcision to faith in Christ to make Gentile believers into Jewish Christians to make their salvation more assured or guaranteed, but the circumcision of the flesh doesn't guarantee or add anything at all, nor do external rites such as baptism. 
nor do participation in things such as the Lord's Supper or the Mass. These things don't add anything to our standing of righteousness. What really is the evidence of the new life in Christ, the Apostle Paul says, is faith working through love. Faith working through love. I must truly depend on the work of Christ on my behalf. I must truly turn to God with a sincere heart. I must truly hate sin, and that's part of what brings me to Christ. I am sick of sin, and I am afraid of the wrath of God, and I am fleeing to Christ for salvation. And when I do that, God comes into my life and His Spirit. When I put my, play, my faith in Him, the Spirit of God who comes into my life gives me the right sensibilities about right and wrong. To not want to continue to live in sin. And so, the faith now working, manifesting itself in love, is really the evidence of the new standing in Christ. Faith that works through love. So the, the, the real works that characterize a Christian are not outward marks of religion, any particular religious rule or regulation, attire, hair length, observances of particular days and times and events. It's really a new life that is characterized by love, faith that works through love. Love is the Apostle Paul's catchword for the whole complex of Christian character that is conferred to us and that should become ours when we turn to God and experience the new life. A setting aside of self-centered living, a desire to serve God by pleasing Him, and a concern for others which does not consider our own comfort. Faith that works through love. This is the true mark of righteousness. Faith toward God, then the evidence of as a selfless life and attitude as we go through our daily experience. Righteousness we already have through faith, and we wait for the full experience of it at the coming of Christ. And now true religion and righteousness manifest when faith operates in love. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.